I'm Christian from Be My Travel Muse, and I speak Chinese. 我很喜欢吃包子, Nina. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Yo, my friend, Aaron here, and you have landed on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs, where you will learn from the best in the biz how to turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life, and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to DramaticPodcasting.com. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way. That's DramaticPodcasting.com. My guest today certainly knows what it took her to turn her wanderlust into her livelihood. She is an expert in solo female travel. She is joining us all the way from Berlin, Germany today. Her name is Kristen Addis. You can find her at BeMyTravelMuse.com. Thanks for joining us, Kristen. Are you ready to rock with us today? I am so ready. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Kristen is a solo female travel expert who inspires women to travel the world in an authentic and adventurous way. Kristen is a former investment banker who sold all her belongings in 2012 and left California to travel the world solo for four years. Kristen has covered every continent except for Antarctica. There's almost nothing she won't try and almost nowhere she won't explore. Kristen, that is your official bio. Now let's get into it. How did Kristen Addis, the investment banker, become Kristen, the inspirational traveler and entrepreneur? Well, the latter sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> Agreed. So in a nutshell, I just wanted to do something that would be more enjoyable for me. And that just meant walking away from a career that I thought I really wanted. And then once I got in there, realized, no, I don't want this. And then doing something that I'd always dreamed of. What made you want that investment banker life in the first place? Well, I thought that the way that I could be happy would be to climb the corporate ladder and earn lots of money and a lot of prestige and happiness would come with that money. And I just came to find that the more I earned, it didn't make me happier. And I would buy the things that I had seen on TV, the, the things I'd seen in movies that were supposed to make me happy, <laughs> like purses and cars and whatever. And it's not like I was buying Ferraris or anything, but, you know, just a nicer car than the starter one I had. And with each thing I bought, I just didn't feel happier. And so I was just like, something's not working here. This isn't what I signed up for. So in going down that road, you clearly left some of your passion on the table and your passion was for travel. How, how was travel a part of your life growing up? And then how did you make that, that cut, that, that official transition out of investment banking and say, I'm going to pursue travel as a means of making a living? Well, traveling internationally was not a part of my life growing up, but I did have the benefit of growing up in one of the most beautiful states in the US, <laughs> California. And that just really exposed me to so many different climates and beautiful areas. And it made me fall in love with exploration. And I would read a lot of history books. I loved that as a kid. And just thinking about far off places, especially way back in time was so interesting to me. And I was super into the Amazon trail video game and things like that. So just kind of the little inner nerd in me 
became very interested in other cultures and what the rest of the world might be like. Like before Google, I would go on the Weather Channel and I would look at what the weather was in other places just to just to imagine it. So that was sort of a seed that was planted in me. And when I went to college, I majored in global studies with an emphasis in economics. So actually, I was more weighted towards the travel thing. I just didn't think I could make a living at it. And so that's why I went into the investment banking. It seemed very sensible. But I always loved writing. And I was always so interested in traveling. And I hadn't really gotten a chance to do that much of it. So I really wanted to be able to go abroad, but I was told I couldn't get the time off from work. So eventually I was just like, okay, I have to quit if I want to go somewhere. And then that that's how it evolved. So you started traveling and you developed this expertise in solo female travel. And clearly you that's not just something you can read in a book. That was firsthand experience where you gained that expertise. Tell me about the, the process of becoming an expert in solo female travel. Well, I kind of fell into it because I'm a woman who travels and there wasn't anyone who could go with me. So <laughs> it wasn't what I expected to become an expert in because I love adventurous travel as well. But because I'm a woman who travels on her own, that's the kind of readers I was attracting. And it just ended up really becoming a message that I started to realize I really care about because people would reach out to me and tell me that reading my story let them know that it was okay for them to do it too. Like to see me out there and surviving and having adventures meant that maybe it was safe for them as well. Or maybe there was an example that they could sort of look at. And I started to become very passionate about spreading this message more because I was like, okay, if if this person read what I had to say and felt good about it and it motivated them in some way, then just imagine how much more good could be done here if the message reached even farther. And so that's my main goal right now. So using that feedback from, excuse me, from those readers as really a proof of concept for your message and for the kind of content you were putting out, what, when did that point occur where you decided to go all in and turn that expertise into a business? Well, from day one, basically of me quitting my job and deciding to do something different, I did want to do, I wanted to have a travel blog and I started it because ultimately I was hoping to get a book deal because back when I started in 2012, people like influencers weren't a thing and people weren't getting paid to go places and work on projects. You were lucky if you could get maybe some money out of writing articles. And because what I wanted to do was be a travel writer, that was so good enough for me. So I made the blog so that it could be a resume basically, but So you could say I was all in from the beginning, but there was definitely a turning point because after about a year and a half in, my money was starting to dwindle and I was having a really hard time affording the lifestyle, even though it was super cheap for me in Southeast Asia. But at this point, I had moved up into China and I started hitchhiking because I didn't have enough money even for trains and things like that. That was too much of a luxury. (laughs) So it was really getting down to the wire. And a friend friend of mine in Australia got me to the interview phase basically um, at a fast food chain and I almost took the role it was with a it was in the marketing department and I almost pursued it but then I was just like hang on a second do I really want to do this is this is this really what I want my path to be and then at around the same time I finally got a contract for a freelance writing gig that paid 600 bucks a month so that's when I decided to go all in what was that? Tell me a little bit more about that. Just that battle inside your head when you're considering 
essentially just kind of tapping out and going back to quote unquote real life? What was that like inside your head? I mean, you know, you talk to people about being a travel blogger on the road and they're like, oh, that sounds like the best job ever. And I felt like a fraud talking to them because I wasn't making money at it. And now, of course, I look back on that and I'm like, no, when you're working on your dream, whether you're making money or not, you're not a fraud. (laughs) But at the time, I was getting really down on myself about it. And I was just like, man, I'm going to have to be honest with myself here and change something. Like I'd already sold my car. I'd already kind of done everything I could to make my, my lifestyle continue, but I couldn't deny that there wasn't money coming in. So once that job did come in, I finally felt just that 800 pound gorilla getting off my back. Well, I think it's interesting how you talk about 2012, you know, like it's, it's ancient times, you know, before, before all this influencer <laughs> marketing and people getting paid for these trips. I mean, that was six years ago. It's, but it, you're right. Like it's insane how much this industry has changed in six years, which is one of the reasons I'm starting this podcast is so we can really kind of harness what's going on in this industry moving forward to give people kind of coming up behind you uh, that opportunity to get there, you know, better, faster, and quicker based on your. Uh, you know, the lessons you've learned along the way. So going back to that, those early days when you're just getting started, maybe you hadn't made money or you're just starting to make it, but you're, you're struggling. Tell me about that biggest, what was that biggest challenge in the beginning? In the beginning, when no one was reading anything that I was putting out there or, you know, very few people were, and no one was engaging with it. It was really, you know, it would be a, a time that characteristically would be hard to stay motivated. But for me, I just loved the work so much and it was the job that I wanted to be doing. So I did it anyway. And I wrote my blog in a diary format and I put my pictures in there and I had some feedback and it grew in time. And it was just so much fun for me. It was so much more fun than what I was doing before. And I really believed that what I was putting out there was good. So I think that that is kind of what ends up separating people at some point from those who genuinely really want to do it and are willing to put in all the work it requires to make a job out of being a blogger versus those who wanted to get a free vacation. And then when they kind of get in under the hood, they realize, oh man, this is so much more work than I thought. Now, tell me, how is your blog evolved since since the beginning since 2012 in terms of the content so content wise my blog in the beginning was sort of a dear diary thing and now it's a lot more of a mix between me being very personal and honest about what i'm going through and what i've experienced and how i've grown from that and factual stuff so a lot of itineraries packing lists and just anytime anyone asks me a question i turn it into a blog post I have a women's Facebook group now and it's just perfect because I'll say in there like, what's your biggest struggle with this? And then they tell me and I write a blog post about it. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty much to the letter, the strategy that you hear from a lot of people who manage to do well in a lot of different spaces, not just travel, but in just general content creation and online marketing is getting that engagement and answering answering real questions and solving those pain points. And I think you, is that something that came naturally to you? Did you have a mentor, any sort of formal training? So I listen to Pat Flynn's podcast pretty much every week. And I also have found a lot of helpful stuff from Nomadic Matt, especially Superstar Blogging. I thought that was really helpful too. Um, the book that I wrote, Conquering Mountains, How to Solo Travel the World Fearlessly, was one that I co-published with him. 
I've been writing a column with him for a few years now. And every time we go back and we do edits, I learn something. So it is great to be able to work with someone who is so well established in the industry as well. I mean, he's probably got one of the biggest and most tenured travel blogs. I don't want to say oldest, because <laughs> it's still probably only like 12 years. Now, you, t- you talked earlier about your blog just kind of being a mix of sort of tactical travel advice and then personal, you know, injecting your own personality and including your own, you know, vulnerability. Can you talk about the one, the importance of being vulnerable and two, how you how you practice it in your in your blog? Sure. Well, I think that especially at the age of the influencer, what you see so often when you go into your Instagram feed is these perfectly curated photos. And it's hard to look at it and not feel a little bit bad about yourself. Like I will look at my, I've avoided the explore feed for a while because I just see photos that make me feel like I'm not good enough or my photos aren't good enough or I'm not doing well enough. And that's just crazy. So I try to be as honest as I can about what I'm going through, like the ups, the downs, the struggles, the things I found that work for me. Um, I just did a video about my daily routine. I've been doing a daily routine for about a year that I found has really just helped me to have more success. It involves meditation and doing John Lee Dumas freedom journal every day. And then amongst other things. So it's things like that, that I'll share and just try to be as real as possible. So if I'm struggling with something, I say that. And in my photos, I just try to not make it like, Oh, don't you wish you were here? Like, I want to make it more like, Hey, you can get here and here's how. So when you've been sharing your struggles with your audience, can you think of a particular struggle that you've shared that just really resonated with with your tribe? Well, I actually shared something yesterday, which was pretty heavy. It was about it being one year since the last time I drank alcohol. And a lot of people really reacted to that with feelings of like, me too. And also like, thank you for saying this. It's something I also struggle with. Or just saying like, Hey, good for you. It's, it's good to, you know, find new ways to grow and expand. So that that's easily the most vulnerable thing I've ever shared. And the response has been really good. And I was super scared to hit publish on that for sure. Well, that is just a, a killer example of, of putting out that vulnerability. And, you know, Kristen Addis, the travel blogger is now engaging this audience through something that really has nothing to do with travel, but it's just building that relationship, building that vulnerability. And I think that's a great takeaway for anyone looking to follow in your footsteps that, you know, it's not, people want to know the specific advice, some nuts and bolts of travel, but they can get that anywhere. Why are they going to go to Kristen? Because they feel a connection with her. And if it's something like, you know, a conversation regarding alcohol and choosing to drink or choosing not to drink. There's a way there's, you can, most people can relate to that and they're going to go back to Kristen time and time again to consume her content. And I think that's a great, great takeaway from that story. Kristen, let's move on to a kind of a success story. And I like to ask just about a unique opportunity, something that came up over the course of your career that may have seemed to an outsider, like you just got lucky, but you, you know, you hustle, you put in the work and luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. So tell me about a time you were prepared to seize an opportunity. Well, there was a really clear turning point in my career. And that was releasing the book I referenced earlier, the guidebook for solo female travelers. And 
I didn't know when I put it out there that it was going to make me such an authority on the subject. Now I see the power of putting out products because if you put something out there that's good, that really establishes you as the expert in that field, then you become the expert in that field. <laughs> so it was really fantastic because all of a sudden I was getting a lot of media interviews and some I pitched, some came to me through contacts, but it all seemed to happen right at once. And I just got all of this attention from all of these different news outlets. And it was it was amazing. I was on cloud nine. It was like everything I had worked for was finally happening. And yeah, I guess from the outside, people might have seen that as if, you know, if they joined later, might have seen it as an overnight success. But what people maybe didn't realize is that, no, I was like sleeping in dorms for two years and hitchhiking to get here. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of hustle behind that behind that quote unquote, you know, overnight success. So tell me about writing a, a book because certainly there are a lot of us out here or out there in podcast land who may think they have a book in them, but, you know, actually putting that pen to paper or putting those fingers to keyboard and getting a book written, that is an accomplishment. Tell me about that. Well, I wouldn't necessarily follow my method, but I'm obsessive when I have a project. It's all I can do. So I just work on it whenever I'm not sleeping. I don't think it's the right method, but it's just how I do it. So for me, it was a matter of, okay, let, we're going to do this book. Let me put together an outline. Okay, let's add this and this. Let's take away this and just trying to beef it up as much as possible. And then finding people who could also add their two cents. So I didn't want it to just come from me. I wanted it to come from a whole bunch of solo female travel experts. So I reached out to basically everyone I knew in the blogging world and um, asked them to provide some thoughts. And then I reached out to my readers and I said, hey, I want to include you guys in case studies. And so I've got people from pretty much every continent actually in there who are solo female travelers, which is really cool. I just wanted to make it relatable. So um, and then, you know, when it was time to put the book out there, I had all of these contacts and all of these people who I already knew in the blogging world that I'd been building up for years. And so I could finally go back to them and say, hey, now I'm promoting something. Would you help me, please? And a lot of them said yes. And that made it really an awesome launch. That is that is so cool. And that's just a really, again, you're just another great example of you, know, you, you spent time stop building those relationships, personal relationships with bloggers. And then also, again, building that authority to where when that book launches, you have that plan for that next step. You know, you've got this authority now and you're going to be seen as this authority in a, in a particular space. And then you're sort of ready to launch into into the stratosphere and uh, and be that overnight, overnight success that took six years. Ooh, the stratosphere. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to to right now. And tell me what you're working on. What's what's got you excited? Well, I've started um, offering women's adventure tours over the last year. So I'm marketing a few new ones now, one to Patagonia. So that's really exciting. I am also working on my first course. So that's what I've been doing. I was actually shooting video for it today <laughs> and editing before we hopped on the phone. So it's it's really exciting for me because one of my top posts is about how to take travel selfies. <laughs> Some real hard hitting journalism there, but it's what people want to know because, you know, you go on these amazing trips, but you're traveling alone. That's mainly my audience, right? But you still want to come home with awesome photos. And most of my Instagram feed is photos with me in them. So people were like, hang on, how do you always have pictures with you in them if you're traveling alone? I was like, I take them of myself. <laughs> 
So this whole course is about how to learn how to take photos from like having basically no knowledge to learning exactly how to use a camera, even shooting star photos to being really your own photographer and using all of that knowledge to communicate your brand. So this is really good for bloggers, also people who just want to learn as a hobby. But my main target is people who want to bring a really stylistic, well done brand concept to their blog and communicate that really powerfully. And it's not just with my style, it's with a whole bunch of different styles that I've incorporated. So I think it's going to be a really awesome course. So Kristen, what's one thing that that we just don't know about taking awesome travel selfies that we just have to know? (laughs) Well, I think one of the biggest things is that um, people might not realize that it's not about me like holding my arm out and taking a picture. It's taking it with a drone or taking it with a tripod and going back and editing it later in such a way that really conveys the message well and making sure that all the photos look good together. So there's actually so much that goes into it, plus the pre-planning and exactly how I do the research and every little step of the process. So it's just trying to take it all and make it very easy. Cause I think when you're trying to learn photography, you've got all this information out there and it's an overload and it gets confusing really fast. Well, I like that you're focused on a message to helping people with a message of their selfies. Cause that's, I feel like that gets lost by it by a lot of people. And I think that's what elevates you as a, uh, as not just as a photographer or a selfie taker, uh, but also just as, as a human being and as an entrepreneur is you're, you're focusing on, on that message, the message you want to send. And this, this masterclass really is just kind of a, a microcosm of that because you're, you're sending the message that you, there's people out there that want to be able to do what you do. And you're going to be able to provide that, that service to them and just to have that sort of that foresight to me. That's what entrepreneurism entrepreneurism is, is in a nutshell. And whether it was taught uh, whether you learned it from others or whether it was, you know, came naturally to you, you do it really, really well. And there's tons, tons that folks out there in podcast land can learn from all this, whether they want to be a travel blogger or photographer, just somewhere in that space, there's just so much to learn. And I hope you, uh, hope you got your earbuds turned up because Kristen has been, uh, dropping plenty of knowledge on us today. So let's just wind down with some, some parting thoughts, some quick tactical advice, and just some little nuggets that we can all use, take back into our, our businesses or aspiring travel businesses to, to make them just that much better. So Kristen, what is a specific tactic you use to, to fight through those tough times as an entrepreneur? Well, for me, the hardest thing is comparing myself to other people or even the ideal of what I think I should be. And so what's really helpful for me is to practice gratitude and to focus on the fact that if I am so hyper-focused on what I get out of something and reaching a certain point, I'm never going to get there and I'm never going to have enough. But if what I'm working on is so amazing and I love it so much and the message resonates so much that it's more about the gift itself than what I get from it, that just makes it so much easier to wake up and work every day and to not have these feelings of doubt because it's not about me anymore. It's about the project. Yeah, that's beautiful. That is that is absolutely powerful, powerful stuff when it suddenly becomes something bigger than you and you feel, uh, would you say you just feel uh, an obligation to your audience to, to, keep, to keep moving? Yeah, definitely. And to know that when you put something out there because you have such a strong relationship with these people, it's something that they're going to want because they've told you. Absolutely. And you've definitely proven that by, like you said, getting that feedback, creating your, crafting your, your content, crafting your, uh, crafting your blog posts around 
your audience and around their needs and around their feedback. So Kristen, for folks early on, earlier on in the entrepreneurial journey, there's a lot of shiny things shiny that we that we chase after and things we want to try and things we're convinced that we need to grow our brand and grow our business. So I'm going to ask you now as a you know, a six-year veteran in this space, what is something you were obsessed with in the beginning that just flat out turned out to be unnecessary or unimportant? Having loads of Twitter followers. <laughs> it's so crazy how certain social networks matter so much at certain times. Like, If you think about how Instagram was just a little infant when I first started six years ago and Twitter was the main thing, I just can't imagine where it's going to be in six years. I have a feeling that Instagram is not going to still be on top by then. Where do you think we're headed? I don't know. I'm so excited to find out. I mean, video obviously is huge. So I think that for people just starting out, getting really good at video, you haven't missed the boat on that. And the same with podcasting. It's really just becoming bigger and bigger and growing even more. So as far as you know, crystal ball stuff. Like what do I think is coming? I wish I knew, but I think as long as you can roll with the times, you're going to be okay. Now getting, getting help in an, in, in any new business is huge. Being able to farm out certain tasks that are, that are time intensive or things you just flat out don't like to do. Tell us about a task in your business that you're just happy to let someone else do and who does it. My assistant, I have a full-time assistant and she completely handles the email inbox. Like all of my emails, unless someone has my personal email address, go to her and it is the best. It is the absolute best thing ever. And I got that from four hour work week. How far into your journey did you make that transition to the the email assistant? Uh, That was about a year and a half ago and I've really never looked back. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, well, that's, that's good. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, that's again, more solid advice because, you know, clearing things off your plate as a young entrepreneur, and especially once you start to get that traction with your audience, the way Kristen did, and you really know where, where you're needed the most and where you can affect your business the most. And then things like responding to daily emails, you know, that's not what's moving the needle on, on Kristen's business. And she knew that she took action, got that assistant. So my friends out there in podcast land, think about those things that you're doing things you're spending your time on that maybe you can ship off to somebody else. See, my goodness, man, we have covered a lot of ground, but we haven't talked about investing in yourself. Kristen, what is the best investment you've ever made in yourself? Uh, Probably buying that plane ticket and quitting my old job. I mean, I didn't like it. I was miserable every day. I would wake up dreading what I was going to do. And now I wake up every day and I'm excited about what I'm going to do. And I don't think that anyone has to live a life doing something they sincerely don't want to do, or at least not anyone who has the means to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> so I feel I feel that we have an option. And I think the biggest change for me was realizing that I had a choice. You did have a choice. And you absolutely took advantage of that choice. So what's your, what are your biggest challenges now going forward? I mean, clearly this train is gained a lot of steam. It's going to keep moving forward. What what are you struggling with right now? I still have quite a big workload because I just keep taking on new things all the time. So I do absolutely love my assistant. She does so much to help. But when it comes down to the creative stuff, I really think that should be me. And so it's hard to manage all of that because I'm already sort of at full capacity, maybe even beyond. 
So that's my biggest struggle now is maybe figuring out, okay, is there fat to cut? And if so, where? So let's just sum up here. You've got your Photo Muse Masterclass, which is launching shortly. As of the time of the airing of this podcast, it will be live. And we're going to link that up in the show notes for you at dramatictravels.com slash E. We've been speaking with Kristen Addis today. You can go check her out at bemytravelmuse.com. And she's at bemytravelmuse on Instagram and Facebook. Definitely check out that Instagram because I never... When I, you were talking about those photos earlier, and I did not realize that those are all self-taken photos, and they are wonderful. They're phenomenal. Check them out, and just might inspire you to get on board for that Photo Muse Masterclass, because plenty to learn from Kristen. She's done a lot. She's got a lot going on. She's headed off again into that stratosphere. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us here at Dramatic Travels Entrepreneur. It's been a real pleasure learning from you, and we're going to be following along on your journey, and uh, look forward to nothing but great things in the future. Thanks for having me, Erin. If you create travel content, then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience. And podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections. Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives, all while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life, and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com. And there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.